welcome to the Canadian Nutrition Society podcast, Nutrition Conversations, a podcast dedicated to exploring the latest research in nutrition and health in Canada. In each episode, we invite expert guests to share their insight and knowledge on a wide range of topics from dietary patterns to sports nutrition, food insecurity, and food sustainability. Whether you're looking to improve your own health and wellness or simply stay up to date on the latest developments in the field of nutrition, we hope you'll join us on this journey to better understand the role food plays in our lives. Please note that the views expressed by speakers in CNS podcast are those of the speaker and not necessarily of CNS. Sitting in the host chair in this episode is the Scientific Director of the Canadian Nutrition Society, Dr. Shirin Panahi, who will be talking to Dr. Mavra Ahmed on Episode 6 of Nutrition Conversations on Unpacking Canada's Move Against Unhealthy Food Marketing to Children. Hello, Nutrition Conversation listeners. With the increase in the use of digital devices, and even more so during the COVID-19 pandemic, to allow children to take part in education, connect with others, and access entertainment also comes with the harmful impact of digital marketing for unhealthy food and beverage products, particularly to children, affecting their attitudes, habits, dietary intakes, and health. On this episode, it's my pleasure to chat with Dr. Mavra Ahmed, a research fellow in the Department of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Toronto and at the Jonah and Brian Lawson Center for Child Nutrition. Dr. Ahmed's research on the food and nutrition policy initiatives at the population level has contributed to improvements in the Canadian food environment. She is also passionate about developing equitable population level interventions to enable healthier dietary decision making. She also teaches an excellent and newly developed course on public health nutrition and food policy at York University. I also can't go without mentioning that Mavra and I did graduate school together at U of T. So it's great to be connecting with you again, Mavra, particularly in this context, and a great opportunity for me and our listeners to learn more from you and your amazing work in this area. So with that, I welcome you to episode six of Nutrition Conversations. Thank you very much, Shireen, for those kind words. And um, indeed, likewise, uh, glad to be connecting with you again as well. And I'm very excited to be part of the Canadian Nutrition Society podcast series. Great. Thanks. Uh, Thanks so much. Um, So I'd like to start by mentioning that at the 2023 CNS Annual Conference in Quebec City, you chaired a session that was also moderated by Dr. Mary Labbe from the University of Toronto as well on this topic. And so many of us are aware of the recent Health Canada consultation and policy update on restricting advertising of unhealthy foods primarily directed at children, given the growing concern about the negative impact that this marketing has on the nutritional health of children. And so for our listeners, uh, this consultation was open to the public, health organizations, industry, and other interested stakeholders where contributors were asked to respond to key elements of the proposed approach, including unhealthy foods, child-directed marketing, and types of marketing techniques or communication channels. But before we dive into some of these details uh, of the policy, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this type of work? Excellent, Shireen. That, that's great um, and very good for our listeners to also understand, you know, um, in terms of what drives your passion and uh, what interests you to get into this type of work. I, I started off in, 
and with clinical nutrition background. And then I moved on to doing um, my PhD with the Canadian Armed Forces. And essentially, um, I realized in order to impact health, we need to look at not just the individual, but also at the population level. So that's where I started to gain some expertise in population health and public health nutrition during my postdoctoral fellowship. Um, and I, I've had opportunities to interact with policymakers, with key stakeholders, with knowledge users, and just knowing that I'm having an impact um, at the population level has made a difference in terms of uh, where my motivation lies to um, for this kind of work. Um, so that's where I am today. And um, marketing to kids is a very relevant, timely topic, as we know. Um, Health Canada is considering their proposed policy approach on restriction of marketing of unhealthy foods to children at this point in time. And having an opportunity to not just do the symposium at Canadian Nutrition Society, but also having a meetings with Health Canada on this particular topic uh, has uh, led to my continued interest um, in, in such policy work. That's uh, definitely great to hear, and thanks for sharing that. So um, while uh, you know we, we're, we're sort of uh, continuing on this topic, uh, maybe we can start off with some broader questions that pertain to some of those key uh, elements that we mentioned before. Um, and so maybe we can start off with the term unhealthy foods. So how are unhealthy foods and beverages defined? Exactly. Um, so that that's one of the definitions that we um, unfortunately don't have a national standardized definition for. But broadly speaking, unhealthy foods are defined as foods and beverages with a high content of saturated fats, um, as well as trans fatty acids and free sugars and sodium as per the WHO recommendations. However, it is recommended that we have a robust and comprehensive definition developed by an interdisciplinary stakeholder working group, given you know, that the globalization of our food systems is really driving this transition towards unhealthy food environments with low availability, accessibility, even desirability, affordability as well, and promotion um, and low promotion of healthy foods, but extensive marketing of unhealthy foods. That's great. And so now that you've provided us with a little bit of a, of a definition, could you talk a little bit about the pro, uh, proposed approach to determining unhealthy foods? Yes. Um, so essentially in, in food and nutrition policy, when we uh, talk about, for example, proposed policy initiatives in terms of um, regulating claims, uh, for example, or um, even a reduction of sodium in our food supply, as well as this proposed policy approach of restricting of marketing of unhealthy foods, we use a tool called the nutrient profiling tool, which uh, helps us uh, to determine the nutritional quality of the foods um, in alignment with some of those regulatory uh, initiatives that I've mentioned. Um, so it's per WHO criteria, there is a set of um, uh, nutritional criteria that has been established to protect children from marketing that promotes these unhealthy foods, um, as well as unhealthy uh, or sugar-sweetened beverages, essentially. And there's also um, uh, the idea, uh, there's a sorry, there's also with Health Canada, the proposed um, nutrient profiling models uh, that restricts the marketing of unhealthy foods based on um, nutritional criteria, nutritional thresholds. Uh, which relate to the nutritional content of the food product and or the ingredients as well. Um, so essentially, nutrient profiling models or tools are used extensively by decision makers to develop policies to improve the overall nutritional quality of our diets and to support some of these monitoring initiatives uh, as well. That, that's great. Um, and, and so you had mentioned uh, sodium saturated fat and free sugars uh, among the nutrients. And so 
I think that about the saturated fat content of some foods, such as dairy products, for example, which have good nutritional value and is essential for children. So do you agree with this focus on, on nutrients, or do you think the, the scope should maybe be expanded to encompass a broader range of criteria in addition to, to nutrients? What are your, your thoughts on that? Uh, thanks for that question, uh, Shireen. I think this relates back to uh, our definition or our defined um, definition of what unhealthy foods um, basically are based, uh, what the criteria is for those unhealthy foods. So uh, what I think personally is we have to look at the overall food and beverage in terms of their whole nutrition criteria, including nutrients of concern, such as the ones we mentioned, uh, that is the free sugar, saturated fat, and sodium, but also the nutrients that are positive nutrients or nutrients to encourage, uh, such as calcium or potassium uh, would be some examples um, so we should really should look at the food in its whole uh, capacity. Perfect. Um, and so while we're on this topic of definitions and sort of the, these key elements, um, is there a specific definition for child-directed advertising or marketing? Yeah. Um, so this is another one of those definitions that are up for debate <laughs> at this point in time. So we have the child-directed advertising, which essentially can also be known as marketing or advertising directed at children, which really refers to promotional activities specifically designed to target and appeal to um, children below a certain age, typically children under the age of 13 years of um, age. Um, and really, the, the idea is that these child-directed advertising employs these strategies and techniques that are tailored to attract the attention and engagement of young children. Um, and they often leverage um, like animated characters and colorful visuals or um, maybe some musical jingles as an example. Um, but they do, the definition of child-directed advertising does vary across countries and depending on the platform used even, for example, uh, for example, uh, the Children's Food and Beverage um, Advertising Initiative covers the TV advertising that is child-directed, uh, defined as advertising during programs for which children make up a certain percentage or more of the viewing audiences. I think for this, um, it is important to consider both uh, for child-directed advertising, I think, especially as we are uh, t t uh, discussing this in relation to the restriction of marketing of unhealthy foods to children, we should consider both the exposure to the unhealthy food advertisements as well as the persuasive techniques that are used. Uh, but we really should look at the definition, the criteria that needs to be well defined um, in our proposed policy. Right. And I guess there's certain times of the day um, that, uh, you know, that was included in this definition. Could you talk a little bit about, about that? I think I had noted that in, in uh, one of the definitions in terms of when some of these, um, some of this marketing could be, uh, you know, could sort of take place. Uh, yes, yeah, so some of those uh, times are usually in the mornings, or on, uh, but on the weekends it's proposed pretty much uh, from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, uh, so essentially the times that children would watch uh, those particular programs uh, during those particular times, as an example. 
Right. And so we know there's ch- there are children home during the day. So preschoolers, for example, and older adolescents who are probably up past 9 p.m. sometimes. And um, and so Chile, for example, implemented a child directed marketing uh, regulation, which resulted in quite a drop in advertising for unhealthy foods and beverages uh, from the period 2016 to 2019. And I think they did ban advertising throughout the day. So um, could, could you maybe con- uh, comment on, on that and maybe some of what uh, what was done there? Uh, yeah, so uh, Chile is considered having uh, some of um, uh, quite a stringent regulations in terms of food marketing to children. Um, so as you mentioned, they have restricted uh, um, during the advertisement of these foods on these particular times. But alongside that, they've also prohibited the use of um, those uh, persuasive techniques that I was talking about in terms of characters, toys, or celebrities in advertising targeted at children. Um, so I think, like I mentioned, uh, essentially, you know, having uh, the uh, the times, of course, are important in terms of considering both when or where the, the children are exposed to these particular unhealthy um, foods, but also considering some of these persuasive techniques that are used in these different platforms what I'm trying to say is essentially that the children are exposed to different forms of media, not just televisions anymore, um, or television programs at this time. They're exposed to internet um, through their mobile phones or through their laptops. So we really should take into account those other platforms as well in terms of consideration of restriction or marketing of unhealthy foods to children. So I'm glad you mentioned that because you do talk about the types of marketing techniques and, and communication uh, communication channels um, that, that do exist. And so uh, which ones would you consider that should be part of the, the proposed policy? Yes, uh, thank you for that question. I think that's very important to consider. And it, it's essentially, it is really imperative for us to think ahead and consider a broad range of marketing techniques and communication ch- channels. Like even, for example, should we be considering billboards or transportation advertisements as part of this policy? Because many of them have become digital now and can show various advertisements directed to a wide range of audiences. Um, as part of the proposed policy, really the scope should not be limited to television and digital media. We really should consider um, other platforms, but by no means what I'm about to say is a comprehensive list. But we can think about, for example, um, uh, mobile phones, internets, video games uh, are another uh, sort of platform that we should consider. Even uh, we should think about cinemas or theaters, um, children's institutions or where children events are taking place. So those are some other platforms that we should keep in mind as well. Okay, so essentially we should probably be expanding beyond the, the television and the internet from what I'm understanding. And so uh, now that we understand the, the approach, um, I'm wondering as someone who works in this area of food and nutrition policy initiatives, what are your thoughts on restriction of unhealthy foods that are primarily directed at children? Yes, that's an excellent point. Um, so I was giving this, um, you know, I was thinking about what you've just mentioned right now. And, um, you know, it's worth noting that the effectiveness of restrictions on food marketing to children is still a matter of debate uh, in the sense that uh, we do need to understand how the different forms of restrictions of food marketing impacts children's dietary choices and health code. And, when I, and, and that I say it in relation to the other um, media uh, in terms of other platforms that I've mentioned. Um, and also not just that, but not, not not just restricting it to a certain age group, because I think we should start considering how they impact uh, for children um, 
uh, perhaps for adolescents uh, who are uh, from like 13 year onwards to up to at least uh, 18 years of age. So it's really finding this balance between promoting the healthy eating habits for children, uh, essentially in relation to um, what they're exposed to in terms of the unhealthy food marketing uh, that we should, um, you know, we should uh, look into this um, a little bit more. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a tough question uh, in terms of uh, the restriction of foods that are primarily directed at children because children are exposed to all kinds of foods um, throughout the day. Uh, so it's definitely uh, one of those ones that uh, we sh have to think about a little bit more in terms of um, their exposure and in terms of the impact on children's dietary habits and health outcomes as well. Right. Thanks for that. And you kind of did answer my my, my next question. I was going to ask you what your thoughts were because you had about the, the age uh, group, because you had mentioned earlier on that um, it's directed under, under children uh, who are 13 years of age only. And so you know, you mentioning that this should be expanded to a broader range of ages, um, considering that many children who are subjected to food-related advertisements are above 13 years of age. So I'm glad to hear that. And so... Sorry, Shane. Can I expand on that point a bit more? Um, I do want to mention that, you know, it's, it's come to... Evidence does show that both younger and older children are exposed to large volumes of unhealthy food marketing, which has negative consequences for di their diets and health, essentially. And we have also seen that um, unhealthy food marketing is highly persuasive and powerful and influencing children. So, and it does create these social norms around our eating and food habits and children's preferences, which can across the life course lead to um, uh, basically a weight gain and increased risk of overweight and obesity, as well as the risk of non-communicable diseases. So that's essentially where I was coming from in terms of our expanding the age group. No, I, I, I um, definitely, I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so um, as scientists, uh, we have a responsibility towards ensuring harmonization across food and nutrition policies. Uh, for example, there are other policies being considered as part of the healthy eating strategy, such as the front of pack labeling, uh, which I know you've worked on quite a bit, or the new, uh, and I guess not so new, it's 2019 Canada's Food Guide, where the goal is... Um, the goal of the, the healthy eating strategy in general is to, to help Canadians make healthier food choices by improving the food environment. So I was wondering if you could speak to some of these uh, initiatives, considering you've worked quite a bit in this area. Yes, thanks very much for that question. Um, I think my main point in terms of uh, researching on these different initiatives is the idea that in order for us to achieve these population-wide public health goals, it's, again, very imperative for us to coordinate our proposed policy on the restriction or marketing of unhealthy foods and beverages with other similar policies and regulations, uh, really to be consistent with the messaging as well as our approach. So when I have worked on the front of pack labeling quite extensively, and we have also provided um, a lot of uh, the, we have also done quite a bit of work on the Canada's Food Guide uh, initiative as well. So it's, it's really the harmonization of policy should in consideration be also taking into account the equitability across the different segments of the population. So um, in terms of our work on these different policies, it's really the idea behind to reduce or avoid these conflicting or confusing information that um, that we that consumers may 
uh, end up with if we are not harmonizing our different policies, essentially. Uh, because when policies are consistent and aligned, uh, we, it becomes easier for individuals to understand and implement their dietary recommendations in their daily lives. Um, and it also, not just that, it also facilitates cooperation among our different stakeholders, including our um, healthcare professionals and food manufacturers, as well as government bodies and the public to work towards a common goal, really, to improve public health uh, through better nutrition. Right. And, and thank you for that. And so, so we know that children are frequently exposed to marketing on food packaging and I was recently made aware um, of a paper by Mulligan and Al, 2023, published in PLOS One, called Child Appealing Packaged Food and Beverage Products in Canada, Prevalence, Power, and Nutrition Quality. And this is for our interested listeners who wish to have a read. And so I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about the prevalence of child appealing marketing in Canada and how the nutritional quality of products that display child appealing marketing compared to those that don't. Thank you, Sharon, for this. Um, the key message, unhealthy products with powerful child appealing marketing displayed on packages are quite prevalent in the food supply. So what we noted from that particular paper, uh, manuscript or paper is that 13% of products displayed these child appealing marketing. The techniques um, used and the power of the marketing, however, varied. And, but we did also notice that more products with those child appealing packaging with then compared to the non-child appealing packaging exceeded the uh, Health Canada's thresholds in terms of the nutrient profiling criteria that I was mentioning before. Uh, so products with child appealing packaging were higher in total sugars as well as in free sugars. Um, and we also noticed that there was an overall correlation between the marketing power and the nutrient levels. Uh, but again, the results did vary by nutrient and the food category. Great. Thank you for that. Um, and, and like I mentioned, for, for our listeners who wish to refer to that paper, it's Mulligan al. Mulligan et al. 2023 plus one. And so how does Canada compare in terms of their proposed policy compared to other similar countries? Um, yes, I think um, I could. Well, we already spoke about Chile, right? We, we spoke about how Chile has uh, some quite stringent regulations on their food marketing to children. But UK has also implemented quite comprehensive regulations on the advertisement of unhealthy foods to children um, through their Committee of Advertising Practices and the Broadcast Committee of those Advertising Practices. And these regulations really restrict the advertisement of those unhealthy foods that we defined as the high in um, fats and sodium and sugar. In, uh, so these products uh, are restricted in children's media and during ch children's television programming. Um, unfortunately, however, the currently proposed approach um, in Canada does not align with the global recommendations from the World Health Organization uh, or either with the evidence on the most effective approaches to curb uh, children's exposure to marketing, nor with the monitoring data that we have from the Canadian context. Uh, so I think um, we well, should continue to have our discussions on the proposed policy approach in terms of strengthening uh, this particular policy. Great. And, and based on that, that brings me to, to sort of my final question. And so based on what we know, our discussions, your expertise in the area, what would your overall recommendation be for restricting of marketing of unhealthy foods to kids? Um, 
Yes, I think to, to reduce children's exposure to this unhealthy food and beverage advertising, my recommendations would be as follows. For example, we should consider a watershed ban on unhealthy food advertising during the hours in which children might be exposed, including restrictions on advertising as point of purchase as well. So extending beyond just television and internet um, should also be considered. We discussed, you know, the consideration of uh, assessing the age requirements. Um, so again, uh, that should go in the proposed approach as well, a recommend, recommendation. Um, and I really do emphasize this extension to additional media settings and marketing techniques. So I've talked about the types of different platforms, but also the persuasive technique should be looked up to keep up with our this dynamic environment that we have essentially, or the shifting environment that we have in terms of um, uh, the exposure to children for these NLD products. And uh, not just that, I think it's really important to ensure that we have a comprehensive set of monitoring and evaluation tools to continue to uh, ensure that our policy is strengthened and will include these robust mechanisms to reduce the children's exposure to the marketing of unhealthy food. Those are some great recommendations, and I think there's definitely support across different elements, but we know there's definitely room for improvement. And considering that there are consequences to children uh, that could be lifelong, uh, there's an urgent need to regulate food marketing, especially in this area of big data and for countries to act to protect children from digital marketing of unhealthy food products. So, so thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your expertise with us. And uh, it was great chatting with you to, uh, today, Mavra. Thank you so much, Shireen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Nutrition Conversations. We hope that you found today's discussion informative and inspiring. If you're interested in hearing more about the latest research in nutrition and health, be sure to check out our website at cns-scn.ca-podcast for upcoming episodes. You can find us on various platforms including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Simply search for the Nutrition Conversations podcast on your favorite app and you'll have access to all our episodes in one place. We release new episodes at the end of each month, so mark your calendars and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.